I'm trusting God that um, I'll be brief this morning. I said, I'm trusting God. And I'm believing God that I will have some prayer partners to trust God with me. To be brief, because I want us to worship. I was saying to the Lord in my time of communion that today I think um, I'll wrap up this teaching on the blood covenant and it was like the Lord asked me who told you that I, I, I said I'm, I'm sorry sir I'm a man under authority so um, media it looks like the blood covenant series continues however I want to put a closure to certain things I've been singing and um, as the Lord would lead us in the coming weeks we will flow with him. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen. And I smile. Smile, baby. <laughs> Praise God. I want to tell us today that we have a covenant big brother. Somebody say, I have a covenant big brother. His name is Jesus. Amen. Let's go again to our main text and then I'll fast forward. Psalm 89 and verse 34, the book of Psalms, chapter 89 and verse 34, the blood covenant, that's what we've been talking about. My covenant will I not break, nor alter, that is change, the thing that is gone out of my lips. That's God speaking right there. I won't break my covenant and I will not change whatever comes out of my mouth. And the good thing is that God has spoken good concerning us. I think that's in Numbers 10.29. God has spoken good concerning us. God has spoken good concerning us. Somebody say, God has spoken good concerning me. So if anybody speaks evil concerning you, the person is too late because God has spoken good concerning you. Uh, that's Numbers chapter 10 and verse 29. Let's read that together, everybody. It said, And Moses said unto Obab, the son of Raguel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you. Come thou with us, and we will do thee good. You know why? For God has spoken good concerning Israel. And we are Israel in the spirit. And God has spoken what concerning us? Good. Somebody say good. So don't be afraid. God is not going to curse you. God is not about to curse you. God is not about to send you to hell. He has spoken good concerning you. The understanding of this blood covenant that we have with God will liberate us from unnecessary fears and worries and anxieties about our today and about our yesterday and about our tomorrow. Many, many times we might not tell people the kind of fear that we are nursing. In fact, there are many Christians who are nursing the fear of going to hell. Not because they are living in sin, but they just feel, what if I die and I don't make it to heaven? They don't have the assurance of salvation. They are hardly sure about anything. And because some people have been through hell and high waters, They've been through situations in life that almost tore them into pieces. 
they have now come to a position, a point where it's so difficult to even believe and to trust God. I know what that means because I've been there myself. And it's not just you. It is common to man. It is common to the believers. Because we are in a world that is dominated by our enemy, Satan, the devil. Is the small letter G, God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. If our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Whose minds have been blinded by the God of this world. Small letter G. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. He has covered their heart with veil. He's the God of this world and that's why this world is so chaotic. And sometimes when you are caught up in the chaos, it becomes difficult. When they say God is good, you think again, God is good. God is good. Because you are engrossed in your own situation. But the devil is a liar. Can I have an amen? Our situation does not even define God. Amen? <laughs> Whether a situation goes away or not, God is God. Can I have an amen? And situation will go. Can I have an amen? If you're in a bad situation right now, it's not the end of your life. It's only a bend. It's only a chapter. A new chapter is coming and a new season is coming in the name of Jesus. You will see a new day and you will smile again. Can I have a better amen? Don't let the prayers pass you by. It's important, therefore, to understand the blood covenant we have with God. When two people are in a covenant, they don't back out on each other. If God is your covenant partner, he will not back out on you. Because this covenant has been ratified by the blood of his son. Under the old covenant, which we looked at for several weeks now, we saw them using animals. Looking at the typical Jewish community, they used animals. They killed them and they walked in the blood to swear and to make promises to each other. But that was under the old covenant. When Jesus came, he came as our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And he went to the cross and sacrificed himself once and for all. For all mankind and for all eternity. So there is no need coming to church with a bull or a goat anymore. And some turtle doves. Because, pastor, I committed the sin two weeks ago. And before I repented, I committed another one. Before I could repent, I committed another one. So I brought three turtle doves and two goats. And pastor, we have a lot of food in his house. But glory be to God, Jesus came once and for all, went to that cross and shed his own blood. Woo! And the Bible says, and he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. God was pleased once and for all with the sacrifice of his son. Oh! And this covenant we're talking about is between God the Father and his son, Jesus Christ. And everyone that accepts the son automatically comes into the covenant and becomes a beneficiary of the promises that God made to Abraham and by extension to Jesus. I'm going to show us scriptures I couldn't show us last week. I'll show us today and make some explanations and then we'll worship. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I have a big brother. His name is Jesus. By covenant is our big brother. I stopped at the point when I was trying to explain the word Hasid last week. Because it's a covenant word. Especially used by the Jewish people. Hasid is H-E-S-E-D. is in the Bible. 
You'll find it in several places like, example, uh, Isaiah 54. Let me show you Isaiah 54. Let's go there quickly. And sometimes, or most times, it was translated as mercy or loving kindness. Isaiah 54, and if you look at verse 9. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. You remember that God swore in Genesis chapter 8 and made a covenant. Genesis chapter 9, he showed us the rainbow. The rainbow is a token of the covenant. The rainbow is not the symbol of LGBTQI, even though they are trying to steal it. The rainbow is a symbol of God's covenant. In the Bible, if you read from the old covenant to the new, God's throne is surrounded by the rainbow. It belongs to God. And God said, we saw that last week, I don't want to go there now, Anytime the cloud gathers and is about to rain, and I put my bow, B-O-W, in the cloud, that thing we call rainbow, in the cloud, I will remember my covenant. That mankind will not be destroyed anymore with water. So what happened in the days of Noah would not repeat itself. And God said, this is the token of my covenant unto perpetual generations. That is, forever and ever. Do you know, church, that mankind had never seen rain from heaven before the flood of Noah? Go back to Genesis and read. I don't have time to do that today. Water used to come from the earth and would wet the surface. And give life to the vegetation. Not from the top. So when Noah was telling them that it was going to rain, they couldn't believe that. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? This guy's a joker, man. And Noah, by faith, went on and built an ark. Why are you building an ark? There's no water coming from anywhere. They didn't believe him. And they were parting hard. They were marrying and they were giving in marriage. And those are two different things. To marry is to marry properly, like, yeah, what we understand by marriage. But to give in marriage is what is happening in the world today when a judge can sit in the seat as a judge and give a man to another man in marriage. Give a woman to another woman in marriage. I give you in marriage. That's what the Bible was saying there. God knew that all these things would happen. They, are married, they will be marrying and they will be giving in marriage. God is a covenant-keeping God. The flood, no matter how dark the cloud may be, the flood will not come from heaven and destroy the earth again. Anymore. Because God does not lie. He said, my covenant will lie not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Child of God, 
What has God promised you by covenant? It will come to pass. That amen is not born again. I want to show you examples of her seed. Isaiah 54. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me, for as I have sworn, you remember God swore, that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth. This is a scripture for you to read over your life. Read it every day. So have I sworn. In the same way, I have sworn that I will not be rough with you, nor rebuke you. If this is all I'm able to say this morning, I've, I've said a whole lot. Media, can you give me that Genesis scripture? And then we come back to Isaiah 54. I'm not going to rush this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 9. In chapter 8, Noah offered a sacrifice to God of every clean beast. And in verse 22, God says, While the earth remaineth seed time, harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, in chapter 9 and verse 12, God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. For how many generations? Come and talk to me. This has to be a responsive message. For how many generations? Perpetual means perpetual. Continuing. Verse 13, what is the token of the covenant? I do set my bow in the cloud. That's what we call rainbow. Rainbow. It's actually God, God's bow. Amen? Now, I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. I'm making a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass, when I bring a cloud over the earth... That the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. God said, when you see the bow in the cloud, know that the water might be much but it's not going to destroy you. Did you hear what I said? The rain may be so much, but it is not going to destroy the earth because it's my covenant. I don't break covenant. I don't know how to do, to do so. And till today, God has kept that covenant. Several thousands of years and God has kept the covenant please listen please listen this whole world will not be destroyed again like it happened in the days of Noah you might have flood in certain areas you know tsunami tornadoes and things coming up here and there and then coming down again and believers are taking authority over it and then praise God amen but it is not coming from God. God is not going to destroy this world again with the flood. He's not going to do that. And he said, for, for you to believe me, as a sign of the covenant, 
a token of the covenant. Now, look at my ring now. If I wear this anywhere in the world, people, you don't need to see my wife. You just see me and you know this man is a married man, right? How do you know he's a married man? Because he's wearing a token. This is a token of the covenant. And let me tell you, this was the original wedding ring that I took here in this hall with my wife on the 4th of December, 2010. Praise God. So it's a token of the covenant. Amen? If I want to say, no, I'm not married, I'm a single man. Come on, babe, you are, you are beautiful, you are, ah, you are, I've forgotten that this is there. And she looks at me and like, even though it's not written on your forehead that you're married, you don't look married, you don't married, but sir, what's that ring? Oh, this one. <laughs> um, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, fashion these days, you know, you know, this man is lying because there is a token of the covenant here. Are you with me? God said, when you see the rainbow, I will bring it to the cloud. Is to remind you and to remind me. I, I don't forget anyway. I, I always remember constantly that I'm not going to destroy the earth with the flood. Listen, church. God then said in Isaiah 54, just like that, just like the waters of Noah, which will not again destroy the earth, as I have sworn, I have also sworn. God, what did you swear? Not to rebuke you. Not to be rough with you. What does that mean? He didn't say not to correct you or not to discipline you. But I'm not going to destroy you. I'm not going to allow even the devil to destroy you. So if something is coming against you, know that it is not from me and you can believe in my love and you can take authority over it and you can send it back to where it is coming from because you can trust that I will not be rough with you. No, no, no. Anybody preaches to you that, look, God is really angry with you right now. There are certain messages you hear and you can almost never be able to trust God anymore. Because it is so full of fear and intimidation. You don't know what step to take. They say God is angry with me. I don't know what next to do now. Mm -mm, mm -mm. God already said in Isaiah, go back to that Isaiah 54 please. Isaiah 54. I will not be wrought with thee, nor rebuke thee. Isaiah 54 and, and verse, verse 9. So have I sworn in like manner. I have sworn that I will not be wrought with you, nor rebuke you. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. God said, I'm not going to destroy you. No. Destruction is not coming from me to you. This should make us happy. Oh, God is not in a bad mood towards me. Hallelujah. Oh, no, you sinner. You're wearing black on black on a Sunday morning. Oh, oh look at the earring of this one. It's like a bangu. Oh, oh, you're not covering your head. Ah! 
in the sight of the Lord. You know the kind of things that people preach? God said, like I swore to Noah and the earth, I will not destroy the earth anymore with the flood. I have also sworn I will not be wrought with you nor rebuke you. Can you give me that same scripture in Amplified Classic? Give it to me in NIV first and then Amplified Classic. It will help the people understand it better. And help to boost your confidence in God. So when Satan is telling you that sickness in your body is a punishment from the Lord. <laughs> Sister, you told a lie three weeks ago. Now your mouth is swollen. You did not know that it is the instrument that somebody uses to sing. That it is that instrument that God will punish. All manner of theologies. To me, this is like the days of Noah. When I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now have I sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. God said, I have sworn not to be angry with you. And a preacher tells you God is angry with you. Who should we believe, God or the preacher? Oh, you're wearing miniskirt. Now, dress decently. That's fine. But that you are wearing miniskirt is not the reason God will wake up. Ah, yesterday you wore a long gown and I loved you. Today, miniskirt. No, I'm angry. Do you think God is a temperamental God? Look at Eniola, for example. She came to church this morning with an armless gown. I'm, oh, God. I'm not angry. Said the Lord. I am not angry with you. And this is a token. It's, it's, this is covenant. If care is not taken, we can take this for licentiousness. What does that mean? We can live anyhow. No, we cannot live anyhow. We are God's children. We are walking in the covenant. We should not live in sin. All right? But, even if you do fall into it, by stepping out of fellowship with God, you can step back into fellowship. The provision has been made because of the sacrifice of Christ. God, a long time ago, ever before Adam sinned, had made that plan. He knew nothing catches God by surprise. Adam was going to blow it up. So he prepared himself, the second Adam, the last Adam, a lamb without spot, without blemish, that would come and fix the relationship between God and man, such that if man steps out of fellowship, there is provision for him to come back. So that if he steps out of fellowship, he's not lost forever. Can I have an amen? Because if man becomes lost forever, he would lose everything by committing one sin, and God would lose the family he so longed to be with. So under the old covenant, it was always blood of animals, blood of animals, blood of animals, blood of animals. Why? 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 
Why did God require blood of animals? God doesn't have blood of his own. Amen? Amen? God is a spirit. John chapter 4 verse 23. God is a spirit. And they that must worship him must do so in spirit and in truth. Down the line several years, God now found himself a man by the name Abram. With whom God could cut a covenant. And God knew that this man, Abram, would be faithful enough to teach his children the covenant. That's what you have in Genesis 18. When God said, I know, for I know Abraham, uh, maybe verse 17 now, Genesis 18. For I know Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him to do that which is right before the Lord. And God caught a covenant with Abraham. And the token of the covenant was that they should be circumcised, every male child in his house, from himself. I said that last week. You remember that? Then we looked at the seven steps in a traditional blood covenant. Let me quickly go over them again, and then I fast forward to. Now, your timer is off. You need to let it work so that I know how much time I have left. I don't want to stay too long. I want us to worship. In a traditional covenant setting between two families, in the Jewish setting, seven steps were involved. Number one, you remember, each family would present their representative. And that representative must be the smartest, the best. Number two, step two, the covenant court was made. This was where they sacrificed the animals. <clears throat> step three, the representative exchanged their coats. You remember that? Step four, they exchanged their weapons. You remember that? Step five, uh, the cutting was made. They cut their own flesh. Step six, then they would eat the meal. And step seven, they will exchange names. Right? Amen. Do you remember all of those steps? Please do not forget. The reason I'm teaching this is because I want you to understand the strength of the covenant that we have with God. So that nothing shakes us again. There are too many things that are trying to shake the believers. All over the world now. And they have no respect for you whether you're a pastor or you're a church member. But when your strength and your confidence is developed in the covenant that you have with God, you can dust things off you. Amen? It is not easy in the natural. But when you have the understanding of the covenant you have with God, what kills others will not kill you. What makes others shake and wee-wee in their pants will come to you and you shake it off. Can I have an amen to that? Let me show you Hasid quickly, please, I, before I forget that. Isaiah 54. Now, in verse... We read verse 9, verse 10 now. He said, For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness, this is Hasid, H E S E D, shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that has Hasid on you. Covenant mercy, covenant loving kindness. Maybe the best way I can describe it, it is still not the best, is the feeling or the drive on the inside of a parent when their child is threatened. If you want to see the anger of any parent, mess up with their child. I'm going to break your neck. 
You bully my child in school, I'm coming to that school. I gave you an example last week. Those who were here. A young man who used to bully my son. I went to the school. I drove like Jehu. I parked. I did not close the door. Because I was fortunate to see him at the gate. As I jumped out of the car, I didn't bother to close the door. Maybe I even left the engine running. I ran to the boy and grabbed him by the collar of his shirt. He's also a pastor's son. I wasn't going to beat him up, but I was going to shake him a little. You threatened my son? Sir, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. Ah, no, no, I didn't say that. I didn't... You, 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 when I was done, I said, greet your daddy for me. <laughs> it changed from that day. Because her seed rose up on the inside of me. Towards my son. That's my blood. The son of God carries the blood of God. And that's where I'm going today. So when you read my covenant mercy, my loving kindness, is talking about her seed, her seed. It's a covenant word. And when you hear covenant, remember blood. Because covenant means the cut where blood flows. There is no, you can't talk about covenant without, except you're talking about the salt covenant. The real covenant, you're talking about blood there. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. Let me move on very quickly today because I want, to, I want to wrap it up as to where it concerns us. I see this, the force that rises inside the covenant brother causing him to show himself strong for the benefit of his covenant brother or covenant family. It is a drive that far exceeds any other drive known to mankind. I see this why we can boldly say like the Apostle Paul, give it to me, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Verses 8 and 9, that we are, we, are, we are troubled on every side, yet we are not distressed. We are cast down, but we know that we are not destroyed. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. You know, when you are going through persecution, one of the things that the devil will tell you is that you are forsaken. Can you see now? Nobody loves you. Even God doesn't care about you. Don't pray because nobody will hear. Listen, church, let us be honest. Have you ever been in a situation where your mouth was too heavy to pray? Can I see your hand up? Let me see how many of us, because I've been there. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. But some people, they've always had a smooth, don't worry. Don't worry. Everybody goes through life. But your boat will not capsize. Can I have an amen? There comes that time when you can hardly pray. In fact, sometimes you can even hardly worship. That's why you should have worship songs on your phone and not secular music where you can at least just play and listen and after a while begin to flow. But no matter what you go through, you are not going to be destroyed because of her seed. God said, I have seed you. I have covenant mercy. Her seed is what we have in Genesis, uh, uh, John 3.16. For God so has seed the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God so has seed the world. God so loved the world. God so had compassion on the world. Covenant mercy on the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Long before God ever created man, he provided a covenant lamb. A lamb without spot or blemish. So that if man did mess it up, 
It will keep him from losing everything, and it will keep God from losing the family he longed for. After Adam did commit high treason and bowed the knee to Satan, he lost the presence and revelation of God. And when that happened, the first thing God did was to kill an animal in order to clothe Adam. Adam had been clothed with the very glory of God, but when he sinned, the glory light went out. Hallelujah. Those comedians who say that Adam should not have sinned, today would have been seeing the nakedness of one another. They don't know the Bible. Adam and Eve didn't wear clothes, but they were not naked. They were covered in the glory of God. The glory covered them. You couldn't see their nakedness. It was the moment they sinned. The glory bag got deflated. The light went out. And the new darkness for the first time. Their body knew sickness for the first time. Of all the creatures of God, how many of them do you think are clothed from outside? We are the only ones clothed from outside. Look at the birds. They are clothed from inside. The feather has its roots in the skin. Look at the goats. They are all clothed from inside. Only man is clothed from outside now. Look at the birds of the air. Do you see their nakedness? You don't? They are covered from the inside. Man also carried the glory. But when Adam sinned, Why did God require the blood of animals? I repeat again, because God did not have any blood of his own to shed. So when Abraham sinned, God said, I will take the blood of an animal rather than him. I will treat him as though he didn't sin. I will account it to him as righteousness because he believed in me. I, I want to show us this scripture, and this is where we tie it up today. I mentioned it about two weeks ago, but I want to quickly explain it now, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Galatians 3. Verses 6 and 7. May I have that on the screen, please? All right. I want us to read together from the Word of God. One, two, let us go. Oh, no, 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 no. I know it's a teaching, so you have the tendency to sleep, especially if you didn't sleep well in the night. <laughs> now, don't sleep on me this morning. We have just a few minutes to go. All right, so please, let's read it like we're alive and well. Remember King Jesus alive and well? Are you also alive and well? Okay, so rev it up a little bit. One, two, go. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Verse 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. The Bible says, as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. When did he believe God? When God brought him out and said, look up, look to the sky. He was complaining, Lord, you have not given any children to me. I don't have any child. And God said, look at the, the stars in the heavens. So will your children be. And Abraham looked at them and believed God. Huh. I don't know whether this prayer is right. <laughs> but I will pray it all the same. May we be able to believe God. In the face of contrary evidences. Is it a good prayer? I mean, it was like Abraham just believed. Hey, look, look up. Can you see the stars? Yes, sir. So will your children be. Woo! 
Glory! Thank you, Father. Children don't have any problem with faith. Adults do. My daughter comes. Daddy, um, will you buy me ice cream this Saturday? Will you take me to Cold Stone? Yes, I will. 3 p.m. Oh, Daddy, I love you. She hugs me. I love you, love you, I love you. She runs away. She's waiting for Saturday to come. She, st- she tells all her friends in school, my daddy's taking me out on Saturday, 3 p.m. We are going to Coldstone. You know how children like to boast. But adults, God said, I will bless you. Uh, okay. The next moment. Lord, please bless me. In fact, in the New Testament... You have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 1.3. You are already blessed. That's why in expression as we cry, we shout, we are blessed. We don't say we are going to be blessed. We say we are blessed. Are you blessed already? But you know, adults, we have issues with that. You are healed. Ah, I still have symptoms. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. And the Bible says, everyone, therefore, that is of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Everyone that believes Christ and accepts him as Lord and Savior automatically becomes a seed of Abraham. And like Abraham was counted righteous, we are also counted righteous. Can I have an amen? amen. Now, let's go to verses 13 and 14. Uh, is that really where I'm going? Okay. But yeah, yeah, 13, 14, and then I move on to 15 as well. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, and that we might receive the blessing of, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Yeah, go to the next verse for me, please. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Go to the next verse. Now, this is where I'm going. To Abraham and his seed... Were the promises made? If you have been sleeping, please wake up now. This is a dangerous time to sleep. Get this point. Get it once and for all. It will bless you for life. Please give me water, please. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Can I drink some water, please? said some water. Glory be to God. It is really good. Amen. Now to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He did not say unto seeds. Let us get this right. God did not say. When God was in the blood cutting that covenant with Abraham, he did not say to Abraham, and to seeds as of many. That is, he was not referring to plural seeds. He was referring to a singular seed. But as of one, and to thy seed. And who is that seed? Come on, shout it. Who is that seed? I thought somebody would say Isaac. Christ. 
Abraham. Can I have an Abraham? Please come. Toby is Abraham. Come. No, you are Alex. Are you Abraham? You are Alex. Okay. Oh, yeah, come. Abraham. I thought Toby was Abraham. And I remember that you are Alex. Alexander. Toby Lobak on day. Now, look, face me. Stay here. Okay? And just face me. And this is God. Please get this, everybody. This will liberate you. God made a promise. In fact, made promises to Abraham. And as God was talking to Abraham, God was saying, look, and to your seed after you. I will bless you, I will multiply you. In you shall all the nations of the earth, all the families of the earth be blessed. Those who come against you one way will flee from you seven directions. And those who rise up against you, the blessing will take care of them. If any blesses you, they will be blessed. If any curses you, they have aligned themselves with the curse. As God was making all those promises to Abraham, God was also telling Abraham, I'm making these promises also to your seed. Not seeds, but one seed. Christ. My brother, please come. Sit on my chair. When God was making those promises to Abraham, Christ was not yet born in the natural. Or did you read about him in Genesis? Maybe somebody has a supernatural Bible. Christ was not yet born. But God was making promises. Listen to me. God expected that the covenant he was cutting with Abraham and the words he was speaking, because he kept referring to seed, to seed, to seed, that his word will actually produce a man. Flesh and blood. When I look at you as a single man, and I say your children are blessed, or as a single lady, your children are blessed, you say, amen! Have you seen them before? But you believe that someday, uh -uh, you will graduate from school now, Abby, and someday you will marry. You will marry somebody and somebody will marry you, amen? And then you two will be called a mother of nations, amen? amen. And you two will be called the father of nations, amen? Aha. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's good to marry you. I marry right. God was speaking those words not only to Abraham, please come and stand behind him, but also to Christ. But Christ was not yet born. So God was speaking by faith. But can I tell you what produced Jesus? The word. And the word was made, finish it with me, flesh, and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father. John chapter 1, and give verse 14 to me, I think it is. 
verse 14, John 1, 14. Church, you've been reading that scripture all your life. I'm giving you the interpretation today. And the word that God spoke was made flesh. The word produced a body. The word of God produced a body. The word of God produced a body called Jesus. And because the word came from God, it was the faith of God that followed the word of God. And when that body was produced, whose blood do you think was in that man, Jesus? Come on, shout it, shout it, shout it. You got it right? Whose blood? The blood of God. Pastor Fred, it's not me. Look at your Bible, John 1, 14. Let's read it all together. One, two, go, make it loud. And the word was made what? Flesh. Is flesh a spiritual thing? No, now it's physical. Even though you didn't see the word, it means the invisible can produce the visible. The word was made flesh. And that flesh, that's Jesus, dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. What is that person's name? Jesus, full of grace and truth. The word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He was with God right from the beginning. And it got to that point when the word was made flesh. The Lord said to me this morning, if my word could produce a body, a whole body, a being. What is it that you want that my word cannot produce in your life? That word hit me like thunderbolt here this morning. Jesus was not the production of the sperm of Joseph fertilizing the egg of Mary to produce a zygote to grow into an embryo. No. No. In fact, Joseph was warned in a dream not to come near Mary. Because that only thing that she carried in her womb was the child of the Most High God produced by the blood of God. Jesus was not just a man, it was God in a man. What manner of man is this that even the sea and the winds obey him? Got into a prayer meeting in a church service, demons started screaming, Ah, we know you, you Jesus, son of God, we know who you are, have you come to torment us? Shut up, get out of it. He came to a temple one Sunday morning and a man had a withered hand. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, people full of religion, but they had no compassion. 
A man had been in your church many years. His hand was withered. You could not heal him. Jesus came. Then they were looking at Jesus. Let's see whether he will heal him or not. The Bible says he knew their thoughts. Look, I'm reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Act again. You two go and read it. You, your eyes will be opened. Jesus said, he knew their thoughts. He said, stand up. The man stood up. He said, is it lawful to do anything good on the Sabbath day? They kept quiet. Who among you will have his sheep fall into a ditch and will not go and rescue him on the Sabbath day? And they loved their sheep. All quiet. When nobody could answer, he said, stretch your hand. The man stretched his hand. The hand was restored. On the Sabbath day, in John chapter 5, he went to the pool Bethesda, where there were five porches. And a man had been there for 38 years. Nobody could help him. Will you be middle? Sir, I have no man. Cut the story. Cut the crap. Rise up. One, take your bed. Two, go home. He rose up. He took his bed. On his way home, the, the religious leaders met him on the way. Ah! They did not rejoice that this man that had been bedridden for 38 years, okay, oh, finally, is now free. How many of you are 38 here already? Anybody here? 38? It looks like I'm the oldest person in this church. I need to graduate. <laughs> Imagine an uncle of yours had been sick before you were born. At your age now. Let's even say at this age. They are telling you the story of an uncle who had been bedridden alone by some poolside somewhere. You now hear that that uncle has been healed. Is that not enough to throw a family party? No, 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 no. These people, do you know the question they asked the man? Why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath day? Because the Jewish people don't work at all on Sabbath day. So to carry a bed is work and it's a sin. Instead of them to rejoice at what God had done. The man was very smart. He said, the one who healed me told me to carry my bed and go home. <laughs> Glory be to God. The one who healed me. That's homologio. He repeated the words of God to them. When Satan comes against you, repeat the word of God to him. The one who blessed me said, the one who healed me said, it is written. That's what you're saying. Are you with me, church? And don't mess with the word of God. When God gives you a promise, it is backed up by the blood of Jesus. Take it and run with it. When life challenges you, throw that word back to life. He is the word. Jesus is the living, breathing word of God. I repeat to you, church, this morning as I rest my case. If the word of God could produce a body... A whole body. What is it that you need? That the word is weak enough to produce? Are you with me? Let me give you a scripture to think about this week. Matthew 3, 9. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let me tie this up. Let me tie this up before I go to Matthew 3 9. Please, before you go to Matthew 3 9. So, 
Galatians 3.17, now it will be your 16. 16 now, 16. And to thy seed, not as to many, but to one, even Christ, were the promises made. Right? Right? Let's read that. It's on the screen. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. This is the seed of Abraham, right? He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one, unto your seed, which is Christ. Now this is Christ. Everybody stop and look at me. Get this now. Get this. Get this. Sorry, some of you probably want to use the toilet, but please hold on. This is where we're coming. Can you please move, Abraham? Thank you for the good job you have done. This is the main man now, Christ. Now face them. Anyone who now accepts Christ into his life as Lord and Savior is entitled to all the promises that God made to Abraham, which he automatically made to Christ. So when you say Abraham's blessing, blessing, not blessings actually, the blessing of Abraham, the blessing that God poured on Abraham is on Christ. And if I receive Christ now, guess what happens? The blessing is on me. Amen? If I, a friend of mine comes and tags along and also receives Christ, the blessing is on him. And if she's a lady and she tags along and says, Christ, I want you, the blessing is on her. And it doesn't matter your age, whether you're 16 or 26 or 36 or 46 or 96, the blessing on Christ, which is the one on Abraham, comes automatically on you. If you're a child, 12 years old, and you accept Christ, that blessing comes on you. Is that clear, everybody? That's how we got into that covenant with God. This covenant now, this new covenant, the Abrahamic covenant was made with the blood of animals and all of that. The covenant with Christ was consummated when he went to the cross. Leviticus 17, 11 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar for the atonement of your souls. For it is with the blood that the, that the soul, that atonement is made for the soul. When he went to the cross, he offered it all to God on our behalf. So we don't have to go to the cross. Amen? So now the covenant is between Christ and the Father, the immortal, invisible, all-wise God, and his sinless Son, who has yielded himself as the sacrifice for our sins. Now, who do you think is likely to break the covenant? Is it God the Father or the Son, Jesus Christ? Who is likely to break the covenant? Is it Jesus that yielded his life that will now break it? Or is it the Father that so loved us and gave his son that will not break it? Neither of them will break it. Amen? So it's an everlasting covenant. And it's a covenant that is sure. And we can pillow our head on that covenant. We can rest on that covenant. Oh, ah, life is not easy. Rest on that covenant. Oh, they are coming against me. Rest on that covenant. Oh, many people don't like me, pastor. Rest on the covenant, baby. I don't know if I'm going to pass my exams. Rest on that covenant. Read your books and rest on the covenant. Do you like that? Uh, because we have to balance it. They say, oh, pastor taught us covenant today. I don't need to read my books again. You will, uh, 
I don't like you to. <coughs> I don't like. I don't like you to make me cough. Uh, we want to hear first class. <laughs> Very good. Read your books and then rest on the covenant. Okay. Oh, pastor, my business is not doing well. Do whatever you have to do, in the natural. And in the supernatural, listen to God's word, listen to his voice, and then rest on the covenant. Because the customers are coming. Can I have an amen? I'm having symptoms in my body. Get into the word of God. Labor in the word of God. Find healing scriptures, and then rest on the covenant. Pastor, our place is coming. We don't have enough money yet in the account. Believe God. Sow your seed, and then rest on the covenant. Make sure you sow your own seed. Can I have an amen? I don't know if I'm going to become an RN. Registered notes this year, Pastor, because the last exam in our school is always very tough. Hey, read your books, baby, and then rest on the covenant. MBBS, final MB, is very tough. They revive me. Hey, read your books, baby, and then rest on the covenant. Pastor, they say I'm too skinny. When I get married, will I ever get pregnant? People say all sorts. Can this one ever get pregnant? Can you carry a, a child? Hey! Did you make yourself that way? He made you. Take care of your body. Believe his word. Listen. And then rest on the covenant. Pastor, they say I'm too big. I have too much fat in my body. Will I ever be able to carry through a pregnancy? Will I ever, ever... Take care of your body, first of all. Cut down on junks. Do some little exercise, baby. It's good for your heart. Trust in the word of God. And then rest on the covenant. They say, I'm too short. Who will marry me? Oh, no, no, blah, blah, blah. Did you make yourself that way? Listen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, how many of you can by worry add a cubit to your stature. Trust the word of God. He gave you that stature. You know what you need to do? Trust him and rest on the covenant. The same people that said, you can never be married or who will marry you. They, you will give them ivy for your wedding. They say you are too tall. You know people have opinions. If you are short, they have opinions. You are tall. You have... A lady should not be this tall. How will you find a husband? Men are intimidated by tall women. Trust God and then rest in the covenant. The covenant is sure. God said, except you can break my covenant with the day and the night, that there will be no day and no night again. That's when you can break my covenant with the house of Israel. And for me, I'm not going to break the covenant, God said, and I won't change what comes out of my mouth. Can I tell you what? Even you cannot break the covenant. You can step out of fellowship, but get back in today. Go back to your seat. God bless you guys. Give me Matthew 3, 9. I've not forgotten. If the word of God can produce a body. Can it also produce a visa? Can
Can it produce healing? If it could produce a breathing, living, breathing, miracle working body. Can he, can the word of God give you some few nice clothes to wear? I don't have church clothes. I don't have church wears. As our faces are different, so our needs are. So don't make light of the needs of other people. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you have plenty, some don't have. And they are secretly petitioning God. Matthew 3, 9. This shocked me. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, read with me now from that point. I say unto you, one to go, that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Eh? 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 What did I hear? God is able to pick up stones and turn them to children. That's in the word of God. God can look at a stone and say, child, and the next one, when did they become a child? The moment God said so. God is able to raise children from stones. Ah, oh, pastor, that's not possible. Excuse me. Do you remember one Mrs. Lot in the Bible? A human being with jewelry on her neck. What? She was warned not to look back. When she looked back, what did she turn to? A pillar of salt. Salt. If a human being can turn to salt, then salt can turn back to a human being. Lazarus was dead. Not only dead. He had been taken from the mug. He had been buried. He had become cadaver. Cadaver. Lifeless body. Four days. No medical doctor will say, this one can still live. After four days. King Jesus came on the scene. The living word of God. Lazarus! Come forth. And he that was dead came back to life. If the word of God can produce a body, uh -uh. Can, can the word of God also produce a job for you? Can it produce admission? Can it produce foreign scholarships? Can it produce a job in the European Union? Can it make a way for you in the World Bank? Can it make a way where they say there is no way? Can it create a vacancy where they say everybody's, every space is occupied? Is the word of God powerful enough to, re, to readjust the admission portal so that they can accommodate you? Let's trust in the covenant. If you have not given your heart to Jesus, 
you are a stranger to this covenant. Because, yeah, God knows you, but you don't have a covenant with him. Galatians 3.29 tells us, those who are Christ, they are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 